This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, my name is Nicola Poirier. I am the Senior Manager of Strategic Partnerships for Expedia. And what I love about travel is just experiencing new cultures, new cities, and honestly trying the food while I'm there. How do the world's leading travel companies navigate the emerging technologies that are coming into market right now? Moreover, what do they see as the biggest opportunities? And how do you balance that with the expectations of immediate short-term results within the organization? It's an important and complex topic to explore. The good news? Coming up, you'll hear about pretty much everything on the travel innovation spectrum, from blue ocean opportunities to how to shop an idea and concept internally at an enterprise company. Buckle up. You're listening to Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the travel and hospitality industry. Hello, Nicola. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're also joined by Carrie Zile from Amadeus today. How's it going, Carrie? Very good. Thank you. Awesome. Happy to be here. Always love having you on Mike, Carrie. This is our third podcast together. Third podcast, yes. Amazing. We're going to have our show, own show <laughs> in, in no time, basically. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Nicola, thank you for joining us. I wanted to jump right in and talk a little bit about what you're doing with Expedia. Expedia has such a holistic view on a lot of the travel experience. And I wanted to get an idea of what you thought an end-to-end customer journey within the travel space looks like. What makes that frictionless? What do you think is, is kind of missing from a current frictionless end-to-end traveler's journey? Yeah. Big, big question. It is a big question. <laughs> um, so I flew here from Seattle to come to New York today. So very recently traveled. And that experience is definitely still full of friction in my point of view, which is exciting because that means there's lots of opportunity. But the way, you know, Expedia likes to think about these types of things is we're looking at the traveler journey across kind of different stages. So we, I'm sure you realize, do a lot in the shopping and booking stage of the customer journey. But there's lots of opportunities for us to help customers all the way through, whether they're in transit or once they get into the destination and they're looking for things to do or they need help navigating the new city that they're in. And it's really for us about thinking through the different customer pain points and how we can be relevant and and help address those for customers. From your view, you guys are doing probably more and more thinking towards in-destination. Is that that accurate to say in terms of what Expedia can do while somebody's like in their trip? I mean, it's a it's a big opportunity area for us, for sure. But we do look, to your point, kind of end to end and think about pain points all along the way. So mm-hmm. um, really, a lot of the stages are important to us. But in destination is a big opportunity. Got you. I guess I'm wondering where you see the best white space. You know, there's there's um, Carrie and I both work with startups a lot. So, you know, these are things that we like to keep an eye on, you know, white space for for new technologies, new companies. And those could, of course, be, you know, also achieved through Expedia's offerings and everything. So what do you think are, are the white space right now for startups? What's something that you wish was an opportunity for a strategic partnership for Expedia? I think it's a really great question. Um, we do see both you and I, mm-hmm. a lot of different types of startups trying to figure out where they fit in or bring value somewhere in the travel journey. So I see many different things. I see some that want to just kind of compete, but they need some sort of a niche. Probably never going to be as large as Expedia, but they could find their niche in the 
B2C space or doing something um, interesting for direct-to-consumers. But more importantly, this in-destination concept or helping within the travel journey are some of the things I have seen gaining traction. Or in like hospitality, for instance, which is prime and ready for new technology and a variety of different things. But the in-destination stuff is pretty cool, I think. From beginning, the minute you leave, the traveler leaves their door to them to go till they return and all they're in between. And what could, um, what can a startup, what value can they bring at various points of that journey? So there's a lot of different things going on there. It's be really curious to, we actually support a lot of that our, ourselves within the travel journey, obviously being the technology behind large uh, consumer travel brands. But we also look for value add to kind of plug holes or bring an additional little nuance on top of some technology that we already have. So it's it's a lot out there. There's a lot to sift through, but I'd be yeah. really interested to see if, if here if there are things that you are specifically focused on and where like points of collaboration. I think that's why we're all here. Yeah, of you know, how can we support the startup ecosystem? So I think for Expedia, you know, a lot of times I think people think that a traveler already knows where they want to go or what hotel they want to stay at. And in actuality, a lot of times customers come to our website with no idea where they want to go. Or maybe mm. they're narrowing down, you know, between five or six different destinations. So I think that's an interesting opportunity for us as a brand to think about how we can be more relevant in that inspiration sort yeah, of phase, if you will, um, sort of thinking through that piece. And then in addition, you know, I recently got to attend the travel conference, Future Travel Experience in oh, Minnesota. Yes. I don't yeah. know if anybody's been to this. Um, or no, excuse me, that was in Vegas, not Minnesota. But that's very heavily focused on what, you know, airlines and airports are doing. And as a customer, I think going into that, I look at that piece of the traveler journey. And I'm like, has there been any innovation in what is <laughs> happening? It feels like the same experience. And in fact, there is a ton right. that I think is really, really fascinating and promising. And I know, you know, just things, whether it's mobile order and pay to like have food delivered to your gate. How cool would that be? Navigating the airport with an mm -hmm. app. Thinking through all those types of, of stages, I think, is a real opportunity. And with Expedia, you know, us being in travelers' pockets with our mobile app all the time, whether or not there's integrations or things that we could offer, um, there's just a lot happening in that in terms of white space areas that I think is really compelling. Interesting. That's a really good point. Anything that makes the time at the airport yeah. better, I think, is <laughs> focus on that startups. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it seems to be a big friction point for yeah. everybody, just the terminal and in general. There was one interview actually that we had here where we where we were speaking with, with an airline, it was JetBlue actually, and they were talking about how the future could look like there are no terminals. You get out of a whatever vehicle that you arrived there in and who knows if that'll be a car. And then the luggage is already checked within your um, the trunk of whatever you came in and it goes right onto the plane and mm -hmm. you're already processed. Because terminals yeah. are inevitably are for, well, now they're bigger for ancillary sales and shopping, right? Yeah. All of that. But yeah. uh, truthfully, in terms of its function is just to be processing, processing of bags and processing of people. And so if that was all automated or done you know, quickly without an actual physical location, that could be really, really interesting. Opens up a whole new aspect for, say, how Expedia or Amadeus would plug into the rest of that ecosystem. Yeah. Um, yeah. What yeah. piece of that pie can everybody get? Yeah. I and mean, then it's just like, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know. Um, You'll want to go there earlier and do interesting things, I guess. If you don't have to worry about that, checking your bag, security, or to your point, just driving up and getting on. I mean, all that's taken care of. You can spend more time 
doing something really interesting at the airport perhaps before you actually get on the flight. I don't know. There could be – I mean you see more and more – you called it ancillary, but all different types of things, right? There's lots – well, I know at O'Hare, I'm based in Chicago, more and more is happening at that airport to just hang around, you know? Mm. You know, wine bars and the spas and, you know, just if you just just do want to sit at your gate, to your point, you can have food delivered, you know? It's just – a nicer experience, but there is so much room for more, for better, for less stress. <laughs> I want to know more about the in-destination experience around Expedia. So you're saying like Expedia yeah. is in, in your pocket when you get there. What does it allow you to do right now? And what would you like it to allow you to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we do have a local activities base or business, excuse me, on our app right now. Um, in fact, I was looking last night when I got in about things to do in New York and mm. you can buy Broadway play tickets or observatory tickets to the top of the Empire State Building and a lot of different things like that. But I do think it's still a growth area for us because mm. we're relatively nascent in that space. And we all know at the end of the day, people don't travel to sit on an airplane or stay in their hotel. They travel to do things. Mm. Um, so how can we be relevant and not just necessarily with the tickets you could buy, but also just sort of nuggets and tidbits and traveler insider information, you know, things that people might want to know, restaurants, et cetera. Like there's a lot that can be offered or shared with a traveler that would really help them throughout their whole journey. And so it's definitely an opportunity for us to think about. Your new journey into supporting startups, are you looking at supporting them in a way where they, I guess, in the end, bring value to your your customers, right? Through additional content, through technology that supports something? Are you looking at it from a variety of different things? New content as part of your arsenal of content in destination, whatever you might sell across your shopping cart or on your app or when somebody gets somewhere that you may push something to them. So are you pulling that in and also maybe looking at, well, maybe there's just technology that enables a lot of interesting things across the journey that maybe we don't want to necessarily build ourselves, but we're inviting startups to kind of come play in our, in our world. How are, how are you guys thinking about that? Yeah, so it it really is a variety and it varies a lot by, you know, the the customer need or the line of business Mm -hmm. and where we have a capability or where we don't. What I think is really compelling about the startup ecosystem and potential with, you know, a brand like ours is there are a lot of things that we don't have, you know, the capability or the space and the roadmap to build at a pace that we would like that a startup may have already experimented with and built. Mm -hmm. And so partnering that way is a really great opportunity for us to you know, test out a new offering and see if there's a good market fit. And so those are the types of ways that we like to think about that external opportunity. But it can be tech, it can be content. It depends a lot on, you know, the customer need and how it fits into that traveler journey, honestly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know it can get tricky. And this is something that that we've definitely seen a lot is not just bringing these things or enlightening the rest of the the organization around these opportunities and how they could be expedited through external partners, but also socializing that, right? So that it actually comes into practice. So are there things that have been successful ways of measuring innovation? So like a, a KPI that you have been able to socialize internally for, hey, you know, this isn't our typical way of doing it. 
you know, with the rest of our processes, but this is how we're approaching it with this company and this will mean success. Has there been any activity to that effect at this point? So what I would say is the KPIs need to be really specific to the thing that you're testing. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's not actually always like a revenue target. I mean, yes, revenue is great, but we're here to serve customers, right? And so oftentimes there are non-revenue measures that I think are really important, whether that's app engagement or net promoter scores or repeat customers. Customers, you know, a lot of different ways into thinking about how we're sort of moving the needle slash really getting a good read on, is this helping our customers? But every, you know, proof of concept test is unique in terms of what we think success looks like, mm-hmm. depending on that initiative and, and what it's intended to, to, to serve. What do you think, Carrie? Does it come down to this like LTV end of day with all these different types of measures? Or I say we look at it very similarly, but we have a different customer, right? right? Our customer are the, the the distributors, the online travel agents and and suppliers, right? That's that's I think where we see a lot of we look at a lot of KPIs around the innovation and what value we can bring to the airline or the airport, sort of airport operations, airline operations, and hospitality. So in those type of spaces, it's more of a well, it's a broad range of KPIs, but in those spaces it is like where can we add value to the existing tech stack that we have mm-hmm. that's going to open the eyes of the airline, the hotel s- supplier, or the airport. And that particular technology or that particular uh, practice is really growing on our side, the airport operations. So we welcome anything around that. So I thought that was interesting. We That was brought up before. But we also, you know, we have a couple of different programs and we're global like you guys, a really large organization. So we have a, lots of different ways that we're looking at supporting startups in turn to support ourselves. Revenue is one of them, but a small piece of it. A lot of it is learning. I mean, innovation is huge. We continually reinvest in our technology to support the likes of Expedia and others to make sure we're faster, better, you know, best in class. We're delivering the the technology behind the brand that's going to allow you to support your customers in the best way. So that's, that's a continual investment. And then then you look at it broader, you know, acquisition. Do you build? Do you buy? You know, what do you do there? That's a huge right. part of what we're constantly looking at and doing. The programs around the startups are, again, you know, the one I run is a very commercial program, but we support all types of startups and if they and help them navigate to the right place within our company. If it indeed is, if it indeed is that they are looking for a proof of concept, is it best for them to for us to do that, partner with them internally with a business unit to integrate into our tech stack somewhere or support another product that we have available to our to our customers, again, which are a wide range. Or do we expose startups to our customers? Yeah. This is where I think there's some interesting collaborative points between somebody like yourselves and what you want to do with startups. I mean, there could be, and we do this all the time, right, John? We right. look at you know what you bring people to us. Where where might they fit? Can you support them? Can you give them technology? Can you help them? You know, with an MVP, what can you do here? Can you introduce them to our travel management company space? Or mm-hmm. you know, lots going on there, right? In the in the corporate and the TMC space. So again, it's summer soft. Maybe we just want to learn. Others are like, you know, drive that IT revenue. So it's kind yeah. of a broad range, but we support it in many, many different ways that across the world that way. But we work together to make sure as best we can that that startup gets where they need to be, gets the support they need to be. And in turn, we see value. Yeah. That, irrespective of what it is. It's interesting to think about like, you know, sometimes what's best for your, your customer is not always what's short term best for the company like right now. Yeah. Right. So 
Have you found any, especially long-term plays, right? Is there any examples that you can think of where it really paid off to get somebody to a different department? It wasn't a revenue driver directly or anything like that, but you were looking for a long-term disruptor and how to get that into, say, Expedia or Amadeus's wheelhouse early. Is there any examples you can think of for that? I'd say... I don't want to bring up any specific names. Yeah, I know. I guess I know. But we get better and better. We're getting better and better at this throughout the years. I mean, the, our program, as I've said before, we're fairly, we're pretty young. We've been operational four years. Mm-hmm. We have a partnership program, which is about the same age, and a ventures team, which is a little bit older. And then we've reinvented ourselves over the last year and a half with the Amadeus travel platforms or the open systems, the live travel space, the ability to anyone to connect anywhere to anything. I mean, this is really where we're going. So we're looking for a lot more now to bring in. And the strategic partnership side of things is is evolving. So we're feeding into longer-term partnerships through the three the three startup programs, Amadeus for Startups, Amadeus Ventures, and Amadeus Explore. So yeah, there's been a couple that I feel we've been successful at. We typically are the doorway in Amadeus for mm-hmm. Startups, but there's probably 50% that I, through a commercial program, you know, I, I can't help immediately because yeah. I'm looking for ways to give them, help them navigate the industry, give them the technology they need, the support. You know, we wrap our arms around them. We give them a developer sandbox to start playing in and help nurture them. In some cases, they're very early stage. In others, right. we may be a second partner, but a really important one. So we look at it that way. But 50%, I'm going to have to go, hmm, let's talk about this. We go through kind of a vetting process. I try to understand what really their needs are, and we start – moving them through. Key for me, maybe for you guys as well as is being a newer group is finding friendly people throughout the organization as well that right. really believe in what you're doing and supporting you. So you can bounce things off of people in different areas of the company to kind of, you know, level set, mm, is there something here? Should we think about it? Kind of gain support and then and then strike <laughs> yeah. and, and try to move them through the organization. Um, it, it's not easy in a global That's a organization. Effort. A lot of people, it's a lot. Global, you know, corporate, global corporate organizations. We have loads of different, you know, objectives and things, strategies and things that we everyone's heading toward a certain place. So right. something new like this that's a little bit disruptive. It, we kind of take it one step at a time, and we're managing every every kind of every six months. I'm like, oh, we've made some really great strides. And so, yes, there's been some success stories that we're proud of, and right. I hope there's more. So. Is there anything on the, I know this is this like looking at startups in this new way is kind of a newer initiative, right? Is that, is that accurate in terms of, I know you guys have done like an innovation lab, I think in the past in Europe or was, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Expedia has done innovation labs and different hackathons. Mm-hmm. Um, the hotels.com has run what they call jumpstart programs. Right. Uh, yes. yes um, so we've of. experimented in, in a lot of different ways. The structure of having a team and a couple people uh, focused on this is relatively new. Mm-hmm. I think previously a lot of people would look at startups within their line of business or think about, you know, a specific initiative or maybe be forwarded contact from someone that they knew or that was Expedia or something. But so, yeah, we're trying to make a little bit of a different sort of way in. And to your point, I think one thing that we focus on doing is being that sort of person inside the building that helps navigate and helps trial balloon different ideas and things like that for us to just kind of see litmus test ideas, for lack of a better term, and see what might resonate and then push it along further if we can. Yeah. And kind of, I would assume, maybe a comfort point, a nice way for a startup to, oh, I know I can go to somebody that's going to listen to me and and kind of assess where I might fit best in 
Expedia's organization, or that's what, what exactly. we try to do. So that's, yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting. I mean, assessing these problems, it's not like startup is a, a stage of company, truthfully, that's right? True. Is is uh, is like the one fix all, like this is what innovation means, right? Yeah. Innovation comes in a lot of different forms. I mean, startup studios are an example of that. So are, well, just other enterprise travel companies or any enterprise technology company that's that's doing really, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries or looking for new new opportunities. I mean, we're looking at quantum computing here. You know what I mean? I'd be curious when you're looking at these types of these types of partnerships. Twofold question: Are you looking at them from the commercial landscape first, or is it the technology first? That's kind of my first question. And in that process, as you're starting to develop it, are you looking at it from the lens of, hey, I'm looking for just an emerging company, a startup, to be able to fix that? Or is there gaps and opportunities that, say, in Amadeus or other technology providers that are out there in the world have been able to offer and, and kind of um, fix some of those solutions in-house? Big questions. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I'd maybe put a slightly different spin on it and say that the way we sort of look at the space is twofold. So one, we're really opportunistic. A lot of times you don't okay. know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. There might be Definitely. something really yeah. cool out there that's not on a roadmap or anybody's strat plan. And mm -hmm. so we just want to know what's happening and then think about, does this have a fit for you know Expedia or one of our portfolio companies? Maybe even not right now, maybe in the not so distant future and yeah. try to think about it that way. And then the other sort of tack is sometimes there are things that we, we definitely know we want to do, mm -hmm. but it's way far down a roadmap because we don't have the resources right now. Or we've been thinking about this for a while, but we're not totally sure it would work for our customers. So why are we going to invest in it right now? And those become great opportunities to try to find partners that can help sort of plug that capability gap, if you will. Yeah. And then there's a little bit more structured and sort of known use cases often for what we're looking for. But that's not really the only way in. So you don't look at it from like, all right, AI, we need to find AI. And like, because it's really interesting. I mean, everybody we, we speak to from like our partner network is, it has a different approach. You know, sometimes yeah. it's really, they have a very narrow approach and sometimes it's maybe a little too narrow. Other times it's very broad and they're like, so blockchain, can you talk to me about what blockchain is? And I'm like, that's very broad. Mm -hmm. I, you know what I mean? But then there's others that have kind of figured out some, uh, I give Amadeus a lot of credit for this is figuring out some kind of secret sauce, being open to things shifting. Um, but also being aware of like, the, we have objectives and we want to, we want to accomplish the, these objectives. But we also want to keep our eyes peeled. And that mm -hmm. sounds a lot like what your approach is right now. Yeah. So coming up, we can unpack that a little bit more. And we should dig into some of the stuff around what you might be looking for from a merchandising perspective or in destination. And, you know, I think there's a lot of other stuff we could talk about in terms of prepackaged products you could be serving to startups and things. So that's up next. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at travelisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Nicola, how's the shopping going internally? <laughs> <laughs> I know navigating a, a large global company um, and, and trying to bring innovative solutions is a lot of work. And so I'd be curious, you know, what's the progress been in terms of people, you know, adopting this, you know, your thoughts towards new products that could come into Expedia and what are your, your hopes for that? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say it's a super fun role. You get to really feel like you're on the cutting edge because you're seeing companies that oftentimes nobody's ever heard of or new ideas that nobody could have imagined. And so that makes it 
both really interesting as well as oftentimes a good way to get a meeting because mm. people are surprised. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that was going on. So that part's been really great. I mean, we are a big global company. So a lot of times there's meetings in different time zones and long sort of horizons to get things really fully implemented. But um, overall, everyone's looking for ways that we can improve the traveler experience at Expedia. And so the reception has been really good. In the OTA space, it seems like there's an opportunity in in ancillary. Like, um, you know, of course, there's uh, all the ancillaries that you'd anticipate from, uh, you know, air air and ancillary opportunities. Um, but we've seen that a lot of new things like short-term luggage storage or packing lists, itineraries, like these are all things that, you know, startups from our, from the Voyager community are seeing as opportunities, at least from the consumer's perspective. So are there any um, opportunities that that, that department or, or that you, you see kind of popping up from Expedia side? There's not really like one specific vertical or a few verticals that we're really looking for ancillaries in X, I would say. It's mm-hmm. definitely a focus area that um, – and I'm talking about the non-air obvious usual suspects because okay. that we are always focused on and already engaged in. But things like you know luggage storage, for instance, those are the types of areas, like I mentioned earlier, that are the kind of opportunistic spaces for us mm-hmm. where um, we will certainly entertain new concepts. Um, I think key for us is always kind of can this scale and is it local? relevant because we are global and we do have to think in those types of you know different markets and different focus areas. So that's the way we kind of approach new thoughts like that. Yeah, I'd say that's, we take a little bit different view on it just by virtue of who we are. But with the Amadeus travel platform, it's really, really why we're building that. And then the op- open systems and the ability to bring additional content in, non-traditional additional content in that beyond air, hotel, car, kind of the stuff that really everybody thinks about GDSs in the in the old term, um, would distribute or provide av- you know availability to for the likes of Expedia and others. So startups, and there's several that um, are bringing very interesting content, stuff that hasn't necessarily been distributed by us. So we are looking a little bit at that. Our Amadeus travel platform makes that easier to acquire through mm-hmm. technology and redistribute through our platform. So there is some forethought into that when we when we take a look at some of the startups and how we want to work with them, whether it's provide them technology or access to our technology, whether what are they looking for, technology or distribution partnership? Those are some things that we weigh. But um yeah, ancillary is is broad and huge and <laughs> so many interesting things happening in travel again that I would never have thought Five years ago, we're part of travel and uh, startups are thinking of things in a unique way. I mean, new younger people coming into the industry like, heck yeah, that could be something cross-sold in a journey and <laughs> in destination, whatever it might be. Or that's a service somebody would love or that's just, well, I mean, just look at the the way um, accommodations has changed in the last five, six, seven years. Right. I mean, those Absolutely. are things that are, well, they're not non-traditional now. They're very much part of the whole, gra- you know, accommodation space. But nobody would have thought of that a while back that I'm going to go you know, stay in somebody's home in their spare room. I mean, that to me is an interesting new type of content. So there's, yeah. a, I think, a fine line between content and ancillary. I think it's really blurred. And it is way beyond the traditional, as I think we think of the definition of that term quite often just around air, airlines and the things that they can offer and that they make loads of money from cross-selling and upselling to to travelers. I don't think you need to charge a lot for interesting things that happen that are going to make a journey stress-free for somebody. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of that out there. So I like to 
see and look across startups and see how I can push them and navigate them through our organization and see if they can become part of the our ecosystem in the Amadeus Travel Platform. You hit on something very interesting, Nicola, as well, about the globalization of it all, that certain content's more important in certain regions. And that's something that we look at too. And it can be distributed. I mean, we can do that across different regions, depending on the need, cultural, whatever it might be. So it, it really opens it up and it's just, just tapped a little bit now. There's so much more yeah. that can be done there. New markets, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons that people look at startups or, I mean, any any, any really true, like M&A, right? Corporate development. Um, is that something that, that the strategic partnerships team also plays a role in or like is, is working with the corporate development team in that capacity? Also, you know, when you go into a new market or when you're rolling out new products in a new market, is this something that is an opportunity for how you look at or leverage new partnerships? Um, what does that process look like for you right now? So we're a different team than corporate development. Course, so, right. um, But we work in the same company, just a few floors apart. So <laughs> yeah. sometimes we send them ideas and other times they send us yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a little bit of a two-way street in that right. respect, but have just a very different mandate than than they do. Interesting. Um, yeah. we're, we're the same. Well, we're not located on different floors. We're located in different countries. <laughs> but um, but we still, they are part, I mean, really, again, when I talk about the, the, the startup programs at our company, Explore Partnerships, Ventures Funding, mm-hmm. Amadeus for Startups, Technology, Expertise, Navigating the Industry, those, we, we work together really, really well and complement each other. I typically, when I, something pops up and our ventures, our ventures arm is a very strategic investment arm. But if I think something, I know what they're looking for, I can navigate over to them and they work very, very closely with corporate development. Got so it. there is opportunity and we know that through what we're looking for. And there, there is a path to that M&A. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily get in, I don't at all get involved with it other than navigating someone there because I know what their strategic objectives are. Yeah, if that makes sense. Of course. So again, we collaborate back and forth, but we we know as a corporate entity what what needs to be done to get them there, to get a startup there. So what about um? So say you're looking at tours and activities in a market. You know, a lot of these things are starting to become consolidated um, from a supply perspective, but are still you know kind of that's where what stage we're in right now. Um, so. I'd be curious, I guess that's what I was asking about new markets. You know, if you're looking at strategic partnerships and there's these kind of new up-and-comers in, say, tours and activities, as an, as an example, you mentioned needing scale, right? How can you manage customer expectations cross-border or anything like that? Or how are you looking How are you looking at bringing those types of partnerships into a global organization like Expedia? So, um, you know, with with a lot of our different markets, sometimes they're in different places, both in terms of how long they've been a point of sale, as mm-hmm. well as um, just sort of where they are in terms of the overall market share that they have. So there's different goals for each region. And sometimes there will be markets that are very similar and something can stretch across and other times less so. So it's really specific to where that region is and what they're thinking about as their kind of next growth opportunity. But especially for things that are closer into our core business, like the shopping, booking kind of phases of things, little things like language translation is always something that is a snag for us, right? Right. So sometimes it can just be little nuances like that if it's really core. And then other times there might be a need in a Japanese market where they have a much more mobile first customer than there might be in other regions. And so you have to think differently about what's necessary there. So there's no silver bullet in terms of that approach. So one of the things we chatted about a bit earlier is 
reasons why, you know, we're both companies are are taking this approach of supporting the startup ecosystem. And, you know, we have commercial reasons, we have strategic reasons, we have technology and solution reasons, which is very interesting. And I, I we do continue to reinvest in our technology, but one of the things we try to do is also listen to the customers like yourselves, Nicola, like Expedia and others and the startups and what are they looking for? So we've been able to expand our solutions in a way that are more community-like. So startup ready, we call them community-like pricing and um, I would say integration and implementation that is a little bit more standard, but the offering is generic and community where the startup can do what they want with it. So they can create unique things that I would like to think would maybe support some of our larger customers like Expedia. So that exchange of we understand what you're what you're looking for. We have startups in our portfolio that are doing kind of unique things. Maybe they're super early stage, but we're feeding them data. We're giving them cash environments. We're opening up sandboxes for them to just continually test. We have our Amadeus for developers self-service. We're building out a whole new library of APIs to do really unique things. One is, in fact, artificial intelligence, <laughs> kind of broad, but it gives them access to stuff they can do whatever they want with. And right. I think as we begin to work together more closely, I'm curious what you think. Is that something you would be more interested in looking at? Sort of just unique technologies, but using more standard things that you could also plug into or that you already do plug into, but you might be getting a new unique perspective on logic or AI or predictive analytics or whatever it might be behind the scenes, recommendation engines through merchandising, different things. It's kind of can be all connected. So we have all of that, that platform there kind of ready for the picking and these startups doing cool stuff with it. Is that something that you're really more focused on or are you more focused on plugging things in, in that journey that maybe is further down in your roadmap? Or do you feel that it all kind of blends together? I feel like it blends together in a sense. Well, maybe I shouldn't necessarily say blends together, but a yes and. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was hoping so, you'd say that. Yes. I'll, I'll take anything. anything <laughs> but I'll say, um, no, but I, I mean, to your point, if I'm understanding the offering correctly, I think one of the things that that helps with is it certainly seems like it makes a small startup a little bit more scale- scalable and comparable across. And yeah. you can start kind of building, blocking things out in a different way. So especially in the areas that are a little bit more opportunistic for us, that type of insight and help is always worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Because uh, the the types of solutions that I know we provide Expedia, again, constantly work, I mean, a daily basis, everybody's refining and optimizing and making sure that your connection and your integration with the technology and the products that you use are at its finest. And then these startups can bring in even, you know, value where we wouldn't have thought. They might have taken some a historical data feed and come up with something quite interesting that gives a boost. So I, I, I think that as we start to gel and figure out how we partner together. There's some cool things that we can do to help you in that, you know, that journey from front to end for your traveler. It's a awesome. rich area for sure. <laughs> no shortage of opportunity. So let's talk a little bit less about Expedia, maybe a little bit more about Nicola right when we come back from a break. Hi, my name's Rebecca Fitz. I'm from Warby Parker. Hi, I'm Chris Hansen from Ignition One. We are hosts of Retail is Your Business. Retail is Your Business is a weekly podcast covering the intersection of innovation, technology, and business strategy in the world of retail, online and offline, across all industries, with a focus on consumer experience. 
We deep dive with insiders from industry leaders to cutting edge startup founders. Crucial insights, career journeys, trends, new ideas, and the state and trajectory of the retail industry become accessible with a fun and comfortable morning radio vibe. Listen to Retail is Your Business every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because retail is your business. Okay, I've got a personal question here for you. All right. What do you consider your home away from home? Oh, wow. That is and why question i guess really generically i would just say being outdoors in general Hmm. i moved to the pack northwest about almost seven years ago now gosh and it is just an absolutely beautiful part of the country with just water and trees and beauty everywhere and i find being outside to just be a really inspirational space even if it's just taking a walk or going on a hike and so i think that is probably my home away from my couch and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Where are you from originally? Is it from, uh, you said you're... Um, mostly the East Coast. I moved there from the D.C. area, oh, but okay. I actually grew up in uh, New Jersey and Wheeling, West Virginia. So, oh. yeah, very different. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Rutgers, so I... Did you? Know, yeah, okay, yeah, so nice. I know New Jersey. Nice. Um, how about you, Carrie? What's your home away from home? Mm, an airplane. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, no. Now, not that I like that all the time, but I'm on an airplane a lot. No, um, yeah. home away from home, it's where my family is. So I, that we, none of us live in the same place. And also places that I've lived before. So I've lived outside the country a couple of times and I have very, very close friends that are still there. So I, it still feels like home mm-hmm. when I go to those cities. It's awesome. Yeah. Number one. So which, which city is like number one or you, you don't want to list them because no, then, then no. they'll feel the, bad. The two that it's the, it's the South of France okay. um, and London were the oh, two okay. areas. So I lived outside of Nice in a town called Antibes. It's actually, I worked for Amadeus there. And uh, so lots of really close friends that are still there. So it feels like I'm home when I'm there uh, and London as well. Friends from Chicago that are still living there and friends that I met that are really close that are obviously from there. So. So is there a way that somebody listening right now could reach out to you and, and or to the work that you're doing at Expedia? The easiest way to track me down would probably be on LinkedIn. Uh, that's Nicola Poirier at Expedia. Perfect. And for you, Carrie? Same on LinkedIn. You can <laughs> find me there. Or you could Google Amadeus for Startups. And we do have a, a site and there's a form on there that comes directly to me. And uh, is there a final thought that you want to share? Perhaps uh, it could be a reflection on what we talked about today or on your experiences in the industry or just life overall. So as big as you really want to make this. (laughs) (laughs) Life overall. I guess my final reflection would be just that I, like I think I said before, but this is such an interesting and rich area to work in. I feel really lucky to be in the travel space because it's not often that you get to combine fun innovation like we see in the startup community with a offering, if you will, that is as, you know, important to life and experience and growth as travel. And so I think it's really exciting to be in this role and probably really exciting to see all the different companies that you get to see and um, know the passion that folks get to bring to their startup to work every day. So I just feel really lucky and I'm happy to have been here. So thank you. I do feel exactly the the way you feel. It's it's a real, it's really fun to work with startups. And I feel very fortunate. 
to be able to be part of it and kind of growing something new and exciting inside a global company that's embracing innovation and change. And, and it's, it's been a really fun journey last few years. Well, thank you again for joining me and Carrie here today. It's been a lot of fun. Yep. Looking forward to hearing more about how you guys are organizing the program and working together. Excellent. We'll catch you next time. I'm your host, John Matson. Bon voyage. This has been Travel is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at travelisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice.